0: Thank you. Hello everybody, Dr. Rick Wallace dropping in on you. I hope that everybody is doing okay. All things considered, Uh, it's been a while since I've done a live stream and that has been intentional. Uh, Most of you know that I went through a pretty scary time a few weeks back, uh, had uh, multiple heart attacks, two majors, about four minors leading up to the two majors had to have an emergency uh, surgical procedure done uh, to hopefully rectify uh, any future, or minimize any future risk. Uh, Definitely pushed me to a change in lifestyle, a change in focus, a new perspective, uh, but also a new lease on life, a new opportunity uh, to take on life from a more vivid and clear uh, picture of what's important to me. I mean, the things at the extreme top haven't changed. Uh, my impo- uh, my relationship with my wife and family have always been at the top of how I approach that, how I approach the responsibility and the need to do the things I believe I should be doing as a father, as a husband, has definitely uh, evolved. Uh, I see things a lot more clear. The things uh, concerning my health is immensely more important to me now Uh, Not that it wasn't important, but it was pushed far enough down that it wasn't being handled and taken care of uh, at the level that it needed to be. And that definitely has changed. And so um, I needed some time to get that together. I needed some time to see how uh, the new prioritization of my life and what that looks like is to me as well as just simply trying to adopt or adapt to what's going on with the coronavirus and the 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 uh, semi-quarantines and stay-at-home orders and shelter-in-place orders and all the other things that are taking place, uh, the new economic strains and how that looks for businesses and so many other things. Um, and what I have uh, enjoyed probably most out of just being, you know, in a situation where I'm in a tight environment with my family. I wish all my family was here. All my immediate family was here. All the kids and their kids and everything. I wish that was the case, but it's not. You know, everybody's got lives and homes and uh, they're doing everything they can to protect those lives and homes. And I understand that. But what I have been able to do is regain an appreciation for time. And I'm enjoying uh the time that i'm having with my family don't get me wrong it's a little crazy to be pressed up in the house with so many people because you know we don't have a small family we have a blended family of 13 kids now while eight of them almost nine we have one that's about to graduate high school will be 18 in less than seven days four days wow three days wow so we have you know another one that is technically entering into adulthood. I'm not real big on that 18 thing. I'm not really, really big on 21 uh, things. I know now, if I knew them when I was 21, things would be a lot different uh, in my life, but I'm grateful for where I'm at and what I've been able to do with what I've had. Uh, uh, but being in this environment has uh, proven to be a blessing. It's been a challenge uh, to be limited in movement and we keep our babies in the house. So they are literally stirred crazy. Uh, we keep them in the house. They don't they don't go anywhere. Uh we have one adult uh child in the house who has to work. Uh he's an essential employee, or super essential employee. And so he has to go out and come back in and we go out only when it's time to get groceries and we try to limit that. Uh we're doing all the other precautions as far as keeping a hum- humidified home steaming uh whenever uh possible. And definitely, when we go out and come back in, wearing masks, all the things that we think we can do uh, to make things a little safer, we're practicing those things. Uh, those who have followed me when I work, when I was doing a few uh, videos, know that I am still—I was then and still am—an a- advocate of being calm, uh, not promoting fear not pushing a fear agenda, not sharing things that will raise the level of fear and panic. Why? Because panic doesn't normally end up with people making the right choices. It ends up with people making reactionary moves and instinctive moves that normally creates chaos. Panic always leads to chaos. It doesn't lead to the right decisions. There's a way to inform people and get them to do the things they need to do. Panic is not it. Panic normally leads to uh, disruption and that's still my stance on that. But at the same time, like I say, my family and I are practicing um, restraints of discipline. Uh, we are practicing uh, safety and health and we will continue to do so uh i think that we're going to be looking at a new norm by the time this is over i don't think we get back to what used to be because this was just too disruptive and too scary uh and i'm going to leave that there for now because that's not why i'm here but i just wanted to talk with you and kind of share with you the reason that i haven't been going into all of you who have been reaching out to me to check on me thank you to those of you who have been concerned about the fact that I have not been doing videos, uh, thanks for checking in on me. Um, it 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 was simply me taking the time I need to get my bearings, to see what it looks like with this new prioritized uh, lot, you know, new prioritized uh, list of responsibilities and how I was going to let that play out. You know, how many videos can I do a day? What is going to be the schedule? How many clients can I take in a day? Uh, How many programs can I take and facilitate? Um, We're still gonna be doing the the 30 day challenge. We're now also doing a 90 day challenge, which is completely about health, holistic health, 90 day challenge. It's something I started after my situation and it's something that I'm gonna teach and create for people who really wanna take control of their health. not just physically, I'm talking about mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. And we're going to do that in a great way i have also have connected with a couple of my buddies who are part of the financial world and we're going to offer programs to people who want to take advantage of this situation instead of being consumed by it Uh, and i don't mean take advantage of the situation by taking advantage of other people i mean take advantage of the situation because it's going to create opportunities for people to redefine themselves the job market will probably not be the same when we finish this there are too many things going on that we're learning um, are possible that we've been consistently told weren't possible that now we're going to start to see become a necessity it always happens if you don't prepare for change if you're not prepared for change you cannot be in a position for growth change is a p- uh, absolute requisite for growth uh those of you who are change averse are going to have to shift you're going to have to shift paradigms uh so those who have been checking in on me and wondering why that's why but we're going to get back to our daily morning vi- inspirational videos we're going to talk about different subjects that'll be assigned today's so we're going to get back tomorrow will be money monday um tuesday mindful tuesdays will return and we're going to You know, get back in the swing of things and my favorite quantum physics Friday, where we're going to really start to learn the power and the physicality of our thoughts and why it's so important that you manage your thoughts and that it's not magic, it's literally physics. It's, it, it's it's that powerful, but we're going to talk about it and we're going to learn how we can manage that and put it into motion and to help us get through some things. It's not magic. It's not a magic potion. It's not going to put you, put you in a position for a life where you circumvent all the challenges and trials and struggles. That's not what it does. It prepares you to win. And, and, and that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to get back to all of that. And what I want to kind of do today is just prepare you for what we're going to prepare you in just the sense of. Uh, inviting an idea into your head. What a lot of people are doing, if you watch people, and I experienced this in my life, and I think that for those of us who aren't truly uh, acquainted with ourselves in the sense of being happy, with who we are at the deepest sense. And see, a lot of people can convince themselves they're happy with them because they've created a life that makes everybody like them. But the truth is, you're happy because everybody likes you, not because of who you are. And the moment that it may seem that people don't are no longer liking you or approving of you or you haven't earned the approbation of a certain group of people or a particular person, you are no longer satisfied. Your self-esteem suffers. Your confidence suffers. And your happiness and your peace suffer. And that's what I want to talk to you about. The importance of becoming acquainted with yourself. And this is what this type of situation does. It limits your exposure to other people. So it limits your opportunity to seek validation from other people and see seeking validation from the ones you spend the most time around is a very difficult thing. Why you've heard it. You've heard it said a million times. Familiarity breeds contempt. Uh, if you want to talk about it from a biblical sense, it says a man is not with uh, honor in, in his own home. They said that very few uh, miracles were performed in the hometown of Jesus. Why? Because they knew him. So the hardest people to uh, to get to approve of you and to pat you on the back of the people you're around every day. And, it, and it's because your genius to them is normal. They're used to you being. That person that everybody else funds over. So that that's not impressed, yeah, that don't impress them. So now you're trying to figure out a way to get that. So what what are you left to do? Even if you're in a, like me in a house, where I think it's what, how many of us in here? At, at a given time, six. And you know, but everybody looking at you like, okay, you are just I'm, you know, I'm I'm dad. Or you know, in, in the case of my wife, I'm Rick. You know, it's it's that's who I am, and it's not that they don't appreciate who I am. It's just that they know who I am, so I can't be looking for that every day. Oh my God, you're the bomb, you know. And that's why I don't chase it on 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 social media. That's why I don't chase it on social media. That's why my posts aren't about likes. My posts aren't about shares. My posts aren't about pats on the back. Now, when they come, I am very appreciative. Uh, uh, of the uh, of the uh, appreciation that I get but that's not why I'm, I'm here to empower I'm here to uplift I'm here to share knowledge I'm here to bring a new idea and a new thought and I am actually keenly cognizant of the fact that most likely a much of what I teach won't really truly be appreciated until I'm gone That just seems to be the way things are in life when you're truly planting seeds of substance when you're truly planting seeds of power, when you're truly trying to bring truth, it isn't that appreciated because we live in a society where people have been trained and, and conditioned to seek those who say what they want to hear instead of what they need to hear. And they tend to be somewhat abrasive and standoffish to those who bring the truth unapologetically and don't bend to their desires. So I, I'm not, but, but I had to get there. You know, there was a time where I could sit up and say, man, you know, I'm good with me. I'm me and I'm me apologetically. But the truth was I had a point in my life well into my adulthood that I was still trying to earn the approval of a father I never knew who was dead. Everything I was doing was to show him that he missed out on something and I could never get that back. I could never have it. And I had to learn that. And I learned it in this place where I had to spend time with myself a place where I had to back away from everything, you know, no relationship, no serious relationship because you sink yourself into that and you become what you need to be to make that work. And you have a truth. I needed to know who I was before I married my wife. That was important to me because I needed to know who I was because there would be times in the marriage that I had to be firm in who I am in order to be the leader I need to be. And so I needed to know that. And what I, find, what, what I want you to do in this time where you are sort of pushed in and kept in smaller uh, uh, pockets of containment emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, and physically, I want you to start getting to know yourself. This is a good time to, to sink yourself into your knowledge of self, to truly understand who you are. And in many instances, for most of us, that's also a time to really truly establish an ideal relationship with the most high. Because the truth of the matter is, most of us are living off of relationships with God that someone else gave us, an understanding of God someone else gave us, a a, a closeness that is created by an idea someone else gave us. Very few of us have created the intimacy with the creator that allows us to trust the creator, because if we did, we wouldn't be panicking right now. See, if we really truly had an understanding and a knowledge of, and then we truly had an understanding of who God is, the most high, the creator of the universe, however you want to refer to God. If you really truly had an understanding and then you knew how close you were and how you were, 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 were um, viewed in the eyes of the most high, however you see that. I'm not telling you how to see that. That's not why I'm here. But I'm saying that if you had that relationship and you understand that and that relationship was truly intimate and then that wouldn't be this fear. That's, that's what uh, is meant in, 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 in Paul's uh, epistle when he says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Because just the knowledge of I'm in relationship with the most high and the most high is not confounded by the things that confound man, then I understand that the answers to whatever enigmatic problem I have right now is not actually a problem because God already has answers. And matter of fact, the moment that you seek it, the answer is on the way now. It doesn't mean that you get the answer right away, but it means it's on the way. If you want to go into the Book of Daniel, it sits up and it says, "I want to believe it's, just, it's chapter 10, I could be wrong, but 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 uh, there's this point where Daniel is praying about this prayer about this dream he's had. He's looking for some understanding, something that normally comes to him immediately. takes three weeks. He prays and he fasts for three weeks before he gets the answer. Then, when the angel of God appears. He says, Daniel, man dearly beloved, from the moment that you set your heart to understand, your words were heard, and I am here because of your words. The moment that you set out to understand, the moment that you prayed, the moment that you sought clarity, the answer was on its way. Now, the thing is, there are a lot of things going on in the spiritual realm, there are at least five dimensions. Within the spiritual realm, we operate and live predominantly on earth in the third dimension, three-dimensional reality. Everything we see and touch is what we believe, but it begins with the manifestation of thought in the fifth dimension. And then it travels spiritually down through the manifestations of dimensions until it reaches your reality. But it begins with your thought. It begins with what you believe. It begins with the limitations you place on your life. It begins with the power you give your problems. It begins with all of those things. And you have to understand something. Your thoughts have physicality. But the more you begin to know yourself and the more you begin to have an understanding of the direct relationship, in other words, God isn't just some distant being sitting on a throne somewhere. That's when we lose sight of things. God can't be distant on the throne and be omnipresent. Omnipresent means God's everywhere. There is not a place or thing or anything. One of the things that Solomon said is that God dwells in the darkness. I found that the most safe places for me were in the most darkest times. Why? When nobody there but me and God, we were able to figure things out. Get back into relationship reconnect and understand that's where you experience some of the greatest powerful moves of God is in the darkness see you have lost sight of everything except for what you can see but the very nature of faith is beyond what you can see faith is the evidence of things not seen I don't care about what's going on in the physical realm when I've already conquered the spiritual realm. What I want you to understand is you're built for whatever you're about to face, but you got to trust your design. You got to trust your purpose. You got to trust your relationship with God. Let me let, let me give you an example of why it's so important to have this intimate relationship with God. Again, I'm not telling you how to set up your faith because this thing really and truly needs to be a one-on-one thing with you and God. It has to go beyond what religion you claim. It's got to be one-on-one, a connection, this thing that y'all got going on where you have these conversations. He, you you, I mean, you got to be so close that you can hear. And it's not going to be audible, so you got to hear in your spirit. And if you ain't reached that yet, that's a problem. I tell people all the time, that's a place that you can get in your life where you are so in tune spiritually with your design and your purpose that you are elevated in your thinking and you're elevated in your expectations. You're elevated in what you anticipate for your life. And the higher you get in that, the more clearly you hear from God, but you hear in your spirit. And I mean clear. I mean clear, clear. But you've got to be in that right relationship and that intimacy that doesn't come from listening to what someone else tells you about them. Now, see what someone else tells you about God may get you interested in the relationship, in, in establishing a relationship. But it's the relationship itself that's going to determine where and how you operate and what happens in life and what you're able to accomplish in this life you've got to become acquainted with self that that's something on the inside of you i've told you i've dealt with thousands of people over the course of my life in a professional capacity one way or another whether i've spoken spoken at conferences whether i've done one-on-one sessions whether i wrote programs for them whatever it is i've done that and what i can tell you is i have yet to meet a person who doesn't have a gift a person that doesn't have a level of genius i'm talking i've worked with art, kids with autism adults with autism kids and adults with Down syndrome, kids and adults with other learning disabilities, uh, people from impoverished areas, people from wealthy backgrounds. I've worked with them all and I can tell you, I have yet to meet a person that when you sit back and you stop looking at what constructs that have been put around them and you start to search them and look inside of them and observe them in the purity of their being, you find that there's a gift. That gift is a representation of their purpose and their power. And that when they're able to connect with their purpose and their power, all kind of unbelievable and and extraordinary things happen. It is when you are trying to fit into a box somebody else created for you that life gets small. It's when you're trying to live at a standard somebody else set for you that life gets tight. When you start to understand that I was here for, I'm here for a purpose, that I was created and designed for a specific thing. That's why I often say this. I, 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 I quoted this the other day. It's something I started a long time ago after a very intense encounter with God myself. I learned something and I've been sharing it ever since. You cannot ever pray yourself out of your purpose. You can't disqualify yourself from your purpose. Bad decisions will not allow you to escape your purpose. And what does that mean? That means that you can't pray to God at any given time and ask God to deliver you from the giants. He designed that sent you to slay. He designed you and sent you to accomplish a specific thing. That's what the gifting is all about. There's something that nobody can do like you can do. There's a way that you do it that's so unique and different than it's ever been done before because you have a specific moment in time where you're going to stand and plant your feet and perform your purpose. And that's what gives you a place. That's why you're here. For those of you who believe in salvation, that's why you don't get to leave after you become saved because you still have a purpose. Life isn't about coasting. Life isn't about just surviving. It's not just about existing. It's about living to the level of your design. It's about honoring the designer. It's about taking on challenges. So the things that we are facing now are distri- designed to destroy us. There are some of us that will fall, but greatness will come out of it. Today is the 100th and 11th birthday of the man who reared me, my great-grandfather, my grandmother's parents reared me. My my great-grandfather would have been 111 if he would be alive today, uh, to think that I was reared in a household with that much history and wisdom. Uh, and it created conflict because there was so, so much of a generational gap. And I, I tell people all the time that right now today, I cannot explain why I was so enamored with the messages and the speeches and the lectures he would give me, where most kids were whining and complaining, oh God, I don't wanna hear this. Oh God, I lived for it. Every day I would get home from football practice and he would be sitting on the porch because he had retired and he'd be sitting on the porch. And when I would walk up on the porch, he would say, sit down boy. And I would be like excited you know, and, and and he would drop something on me. And I'm talking about the time I was 17 and 18. He had to just pour it and pour it and pour it. And it took some time for some of those seeds to actually uh, gestate and, 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 and produce the, the fruit that, that it was meant to fruit. It wasn't that I got it all at once. There are some things that are still sprouting now. He's been dead for 27 years this year will be 28 years uh, this this Thanksgiving will be twenty-eight years he's been dead but but in my heart he's still sprouting and and, and, and and the thing is that is what you have to be aware of in your life is that there are some things that are coming out of those that you're losing and that their lives still have purpose. I was talking to my wife, I'm, and then I'm, I'm going to sit this down. I was talking to my wife about the death of my grandfather and how it impacted me and how that was a time for me that I was extremely angry with God because my grandfather was not a very selfish man at all. He did. He didn't seek a lot of things that people go after now um he had one prayer that he prayed consistently and one thing he talked about he was extremely active in the church he was the president of the usher board the president of the deacon board he was the janitor for the church we did the yard we cut the yard for the church uh he was also the Chairman of the Sick and Shedding Ministry. So every Sunday we had to go around and visit people who had became incapacitated by their illnesses. And every every Sunday it would be the same thing. We would leave and my grandfather's eyes would be welled up with tears. And he would sit up and say, I, the only thing that I ask of God is that when it's my time to go, that it, go, it happens quickly, a heart attack, a car accident, anything, but I don't want to suffer. And it turned out as it was that My grandfather found out he had leukemia at 78 and he suffered for five years. Now, when he found out, they told him that he had two weeks to live and he refused to accept it. And he told them specifically, no, I'm not done yet. And he lived five years and they had about maybe six more times where they wrote him off. And he told them no. And and I was so angry because I watched him suffer in ways that you can't even imagine. And 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 I was so upset. And then I start to see something. There was this doctor who was the lead doctor of this unbelievable team that worked on him through this whole ordeal, about a total of five doctors and their teams. And the lead doctor on this was an atheist, totally scientifically driven, didn't believe in God. And The last time my grandfather got sick and went into the hospital before he came home for the last time, he died at home. Before he came home, he was at the hospital and the doctor pulled me out. And this is five years into the game of writing my father off. And this doctor said, he said, before I met your father, there was no way that anybody could get me to believe that there's a God. He said, I don't truly know this. Uh, I'm not claiming any religion. But I'm telling you, there's something that's a higher power than the science that I attend to. There's a God. There's something that tells me this man will not leave this earth until he decides he's ready to. And I can't explain it. And that was the purpose. I couldn't understand why God wouldn't answer the one prayer that my grandfather had. You know, I just don't want to suffer. Why why was that the one thing you couldn't give him? It was because somebody's life was going to be forever changed. And I don't know what that doctor did with that, but I know it changed me. And it made me see challenges in life different. You don't get to circumvent the challenges of life, but you do get to overcome them. You do get to conquer them. You do get to stand tall and say, I came, I saw, I conquered. You do get to look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm built for this. I'm pushing through this, I will survive this. That's the thing. And so I'm gonna leave you with this. We will get through this. We will come out better, we will come out stronger, we will come out wiser. I'm gonna do everything I can to be a part of the solution, a part of the answer, a part of empowerment and elevation, but you have a responsibility to yourself. It's within you, you have to figure it out. On that note, I'm getting ready to get out of here. As I've always said in the past, live your life on full, and you will die on E. On that note, I'm out of here. The acquisition of some skills that are in high demand as the workforce evolves. Uh, We are offering training. man in this particular decade of 2014. Here I come, ready or not. Frank Ocean make this record it hot. From the uh, it than Jay. People talk Real about talk, it. shots. For you need to tell <laughs>